in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Testing, testing, yes, hello. Ah, all right, all right, all right. I know the holidays are here. It's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. But uh, I think we need to get ready for uh, a couple of years that are going to be very cold and dark and weird and strange. And we very well could be in the minority for a long time, a long time. I'm sorry, but uh, I, I still think we can be optimistic and upbeat. We don't have to, but I think we have to kind of take steps because it's going to be like this for a long time, potentially, for a long time. I do believe that they have rigged the whole damn system to work for them. Democrats will stay in power if this arrangement continues, and I see no sign of it being undone. If we could not win, quite frankly, if Republicans could not take back the Senate and take 60, 70, 80 houses in the House of Representatives after the last two years of losing wars, wrecking the economy, outright corruption, no. <laughs> It's not going to happen for Republicans. It's just not. And I, quite frankly, can't stand Republicans. I can't. I mean, I'm a, I'm a conservative. I'm MAGA. Republican? No, I don't think so. Not for me. If you were a good Republican, you had to support that Iraq war. If you were a good Republican, you were supposed to rally around Jeb Bush in 2016. No, this is not, uh, so not a Republican, but then again, I'm certainly not a Democrat. I'm more in line with the Republicans. But if we could, what do we, so what do we do? If it's going to be like this for a long time, if it's going to be Democrats in power, ruining the country, open borders, um, wrecking the economy, inflationary policies, what do we do to protect against all that stuff? Um, and I quite frankly don't know. Number one, I mean, and this is going to sound like a commercial, but and I'll, I'll want to talk to an expert. I already have some gold. Do I buy more gold? Uh, do I buy a gun? Because I feel like they're going to take the Second Amendment away from us. Do I buy a gun while I still can? Um, do I move to the suburbs? Do I move to the country? Do I build a panic room in my apartment? Do I have a panic room? You know what I mean? You know, one of those, like, like, what do you do? Do you get a year's supply of water and food? Maybe two years, maybe five years. Do we go into survivalist mode? Um, I don't know. I want somebody to break that stuff down for me, though. You know who would be a good guy? Maybe Steve Moore, the economist. He knows all this stuff. Because I just feel like they have now rigged the system in these open borders. Oh, my God. Do you see all these people coming across? You know what they are. Now we know. It's crystal clear. These are voters, or at least people they can portray as voting one way or the other. Because we have so loosened voting to make it an outright joke, all right? Now, some states do have pretty orderly systems. Most don't, especially California. Um, New York is a mess, by the way. Yeah, New York is very, very messy. Still can't believe that Kathy Hochul, I'd love to meet a, hey, if you're a Kathy Hochul voter, give me a call. Let me know. Let me know why. You tell me why. What What did you see in this airhead? What did you see in this madame? What about it? What is it, her tough-on-crime policies? Was it her uh, economic acumen? What? What? Was it the pay-for-play? Uh, was it she has a nice hairdo? What was it about her that appealed to you so much? I feel like we can't count on anybody right now. We certainly can't count on, uh, well, I never counted on the federal government. How about the FBI? You think we have a – are there any good guys in government anymore? Gosh, it really – you know, I've been going on this uh, all week. 
the Twitter file dump kind of confirmed it to me, what the FBI was doing with big tech, meeting with them and saying, oh, yeah, you want to stay away from the Hunter Biden laptop story. That's Russia disinformation. Uh, that's a hack and dump. Uh, you can't do that. you got to. And they cooperated. They went along with it. How about that? I used to think that uh, the FBI was fantastic, okay? Federal Bureau of Investigation. What was that TV show they had when I was a kid? Was it Today's FBI? Yeah, it wasn't on that long, but they called it Today's FBI. And they were the best, right? Uh, But it was all propaganda. It really was. I mean, just think about it. FBI, Federal Bureau. Right there. That's two strikes against you right there. A Federal Bureau. You stink right off the bat. Federal Bureau. Federal Bureau stink. You can't find FBI in the Constitution, oh, by the way. Yes, I know Congress can pass laws and whatever and establish these things, but they've gone overboard. Our founding fathers did not see anything like this. You need you need law enforcement. Of course you do. But the FBI is now thoroughly corrupt. It's so amazing. You look at the, all the FBI directors we've had. Hoover really started this. Hoover, it was all about power. Power for power's sake. And his tradition, his legacy lives on. And Bob Mueller and uh, who was the other one? Comey. And, and now Christopher Ray. Christopher Ray. Christopher Ray. He said that, uh, listen to how cooperative he was going to be. Christopher Ray is the FBI director. Yes, but he was appointed by Trump. Oh, gosh. You know, yeah, that means he's a Trump loyalist. No, that means, you know, there are some great things that happen when you're an outsider and you come in and you shake up the system. And Trump will be 10 times better the next time he comes around. But he had he had to rely on the swamp. They gave him the names. Here are some names, three names. Hey, you know what one name was? Ray Kelly. <laughs> and Donald Trump called Ray Kelly. Hey. Would you like to be FBI director? I think it'd be a great job for you, Ray. Come on up. Come on. Well, let's. You can do this, right? And they had a great talk. And my dad said, "Yeah, I'm interested." <laughs> okay, let's. And guess who? Guess who turned off the deal? Chris Christie. Chris Christie got involved. You know, Chris Christie. One of the reasons why. One of the payoffs, I guess. One of the uh, benefits of endorsing early is you get some sway. Remember, he was hanging around the White House, and uh, he got Christopher Ray, who I think was his law partner. He got a great big swamp snake, his friend Christopher Ray, to be the FBI director. Too bad. He could have had Ray Kelly. Anyway, um, I'm kind of glad my dad did not uh, take that job ultimately. But uh, it was the second time he was offered it, by the way. He was offered it by uh, Bill Clinton in 1993, shortly after he became police commissioner. But he didn't want it because he had the best job in law enforcement, he thought, in, uh, in the police commissioner's job. And he did. Anyway, so you got swamp creature Christopher Ray. And here he is lying his ass off about how cooperative he will be with the American people once he gets the job. Remember, this is his job interview. It's basically his confirmation hearing, okay? He doesn't have it yet, so he's uh, he's sucking up to everybody. Cut 23. The Bureau has never grown complacent and continues to work tirelessly every day to protect all Americans. I think the role of this committee is special with respect to the FBI, and I would do everything I could to ensure that we're being appropriately responsive and prompt uh, in dealing with with all the members of the Senate, but obviously especially this committee. I would uh, do everything in my power to try to ensure that the FBI is being not just as responsive as possible, but as prompt as possible in responding to appropriate oversight requests, absolutely. My experience in trying to find solutions is that it's more productive for people to work together 
than to be pointing fingers blaming each other. Uh, and that's the approach I've tried to take to almost every problem I've tackled, and that's the approach I would want to take here in working with this committee. Wow. Seems like a solutions-oriented guy, right? He wants to work with the committee. What a guy. Well, that was five years ago when he did not yet have the job, but he desperately wanted it. And he got it. He got confirmed by the Senate, and then he's got the power. He doesn't have to pay anybody. He doesn't have to do anything for anybody. It's all about Chris Ray and protecting the Bureau. This guy should be impeached over this one offense right here, in addition to everything else. But I, <laughs> I'll get to how the FBI colluded with big tech. They did, and they've even bragged about it. But when Christopher Ray cut short uh, his testimony before the Senate, what is it, the Judiciary Committee, said, i got to go catch a – I have to leave. He makes it sound like he's got a, a flight for business. He's actually going to take the FBI plane and go to the Adirondack Mountains in upstate New York. But doesn't it sound like he's got somewhere to go? It's business, right? Cut 24. Yellow. Is there any reason we couldn't uh, accommodate them for 21 minutes or whatever Democrats want second rounds to? Yeah, Senator, I, I uh, had had a flight that I'm supposed to be hightailing it to out of here. Um, and I had understood that we were going to be done at one thirty, So that was that's how we ended up where we are. That's how we ended up where we are. I'm going to leave because I have to catch a flight. Makes it sound like he's hopping on JetBlue. Okay, well, you probably already bought your ticket. I understand you may not be able to get another flight. So, okay, well, we're going to have to let you go. It was the FBI jet. It was the FBI jet. And this is what these guys are in it for. The power, the perks. When does some, when does some, uh, you know, hack lawyer in Washington, D.C. get his own private jet? No, they only get it because they're the FBI director. By the way, I think we should look into that. I don't think the FBI director deserves a, a, their own jet. So he can go out and meet the troops. It's a lot of nonsense. All right. And then uh, this is him lying to Christopher. Um, I'm sorry, lying to Chuck Grassley. Saying, you know, listen carefully, there's going to be some background noise. But he basically says he's got some business elsewhere when it's a vacation. Cut 25. I know you couldn't hear any of that, but I'm telling you, I swear to you, uh, it sounded clearer on TV when I played it, and we actually captioned it. So um, Grassley says to him, so you have business elsewhere? And he says, yeah, okay, and out goes Ray, walks out. This is Remember, this is after, we're going to be so cooperative with this committee, we're going to be up front, we're going to be candid, we're going to work together. And the guy lied so he could go on vacation. The guy lied so he can go on vacation. And now we're stuck with Christopher Ray as the FBI director who's allowing his agents to collude with big tech to hurt Donald Trump and to help Joe Biden. And who the hell knows what the FBI did on January 6th, by the way. January 6th. That may have been not only facilitated by the FBI, maybe even instigated by the FBI. Why can't Christopher Ray give a straight answer to a very straight question? Were there FBI agents or FBI informants inside the Capitol on January 6th disguised as Trump supporters waiting for the protesters to arrive? Did you hear that again? 
I never heard this. I didn't even know this was a theory. But beyond that, it may have happened that the FBI had assets inside the Capitol waiting for the protesters to arrive. They were wearing MAGA shirts, MAGA hats, waiting so they could blend in and provide intelligence. Provide intelligence. If that happened, I want to know, don't you? Christopher Ray refuses to say, which I think I think we know the answer. Cut 26. Did the FBI have confidential human sources embedded within the January 6th protesters on January 6th of 2021? Well, Congressman, as I'm sure you can appreciate, I have to be very careful about what I can say about when. Even now, because that's what you told us two years ago. May I finish? Uh, about when we do and do not and where we have and have not used confidential human sources. Uh, but to the extent that there's a suggestion, for example, that the FBI's confidential human sources or FBI employees in some way instigated or orchestrated January 6th, that's categorically false. Did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol on January the 6th prior to the doors being open? Again, I had to be very careful. It should be I- a no. Can you not tell the American people, no, we did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol? Gentlemen's time has expired. You should not read anything into my decision Uh, not to share information. Gentlemen's time has expired. All right. So what the hell kind of system is this? Who elected Christopher Wray anything? There he is flying on private jets, not telling the elected, our elected leaders Information that we deserve to know. It's not going to compromise any investigation. It's not going to compromise any prosecution. It may compromise your record, may compromise your FBI. But remember, it's all about protecting the Bureau. I've met FBI agents. What the hell is it? Do they brainwash people who work there? I've met ex-FBI agents who are still pushing this. Oh, the men and women of the FBI, the men and women of the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation. You people work for us. You work for us. And here's one of them bragging about how they colluded with big tech. This is Special Agent Elvis Chan. By reading between the lines in his term paper, a Trump hater. Did you know about this? Cut 28. With certain uh, social media companies and uh, platforms, we are providing them with classified briefings on the specific threat actors that may be on their platforms. We're also sharing uh, indicators of compromise, TTPs, you know, tools, tactics, and and processes that Mm -hmm. can help them safeguard their platforms. Classified briefings for big tech. You know, you need a background check before you get one of those. You need to go through... uh, there's a whole screening process. Uh, did Yoel Roth get a background check, I wonder? Huh? Did Jack Dorsey, does he have a classified, does he have access to classified material? No. <laughs> and that gobbledygook you heard right there, it was just code for, we're going to stop the Hunter Biden laptop. We know it's out there, we know it's coming, and we're going to protect Joe Biden. Give me a moment. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You remember when Bill O'Reilly first talked about the war on Christmas? And I got to be honest, at the time, I was like, eh, come on. This is, Christmas is fine. You know, Christmas isn't going anywhere. Eh, so what? You want to say happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas? I can live with that. You know, be inclusive. Uh, Well, Bill O'Reilly was right. (laughs) And unfortunately, it looks like the war on Christmas... um, Well, we've lost, I don't want to say we lost the war, but we lost 
a lot of battles because Christmas, Christ, Christianity seems to be uh, totally absent right now in the public square. Uh, it's the last thing you think about, some people, regarding Christmas. Uh, and uh, you can't, um, no, you might offend somebody if you talk about it. So let's just go, forget it. Let's just uh, talk about presence. Uh, let's talk about spirituality, uh, yoga, meditation, uh, holistic approach, all this crap. You know, I heard a commercial for the YMCA, and I'm kind of fond of the YMCA. I learned how to swim at the YMCA, the one in Hempstead on Long Island. They gave me a kickboard. You know those kickboards? You learn how to swim. I uh, love that place. Anyway, um, it did. at one point it, st- it stood for Young Men's Christian Association. Now it's just the Y. They got rid of the other stuff. And sometimes you will see YMCA. I'm um, looking here right now. YMCA of Greater New York. New York City's YMCA is here. And by the way, I'm... The YMCA is good. I like it. But this is a sign of the times because they're not talking about the C in YMCA, Christian, Christ. New York City's YMCA is here for all New Yorkers to empower youth, improve health, and strengthen community. Founded in 1852, today the Y serves a diverse population of more than half a million New Yorkers who learn, grow, and thrive through programs and services at our 24 branches. Community is the cornerstone of the why. Together we connect active, engaged New Yorkers to build stronger communities. Um, communities. Communities. Communists? Communities and communists, right? What about Christianity? What about Christ? Shouldn't that be the cornerstone of something called the YMCA? Let me know. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. Got some bad news for everybody. It's really shocking, actually. What what have we got here? Okay. It's uh, Lenny Hotstein. Lenny Hotstein claims Lisa was romancing two men at Halloween party. Lenny Hotstein claims that Lisa was romancing two men at a Halloween party. This is an exclusive in the New York Post. I love the New York Post. I have no idea who the hell Lenny Hotstein is. Lisa romancing two men. Um, This was prominently placed on their website. I'm like, am I supposed to know this? Are you supposed to know this? Is this considered a big deal by anybody? Uh, So who is Lenny Hotstein? I mean, seriously, what the hell is wrong with us, right? Uh, It gets worse. Now that I know them, I wish I did not know them. Lenny Hotstein is the boob king. This is what he calls himself. I hate that word, by the way. I prefer, well, I won't even say what I prefer. But anyway, uh, he's a plastic surgeon, and he does the breast enhancement, right? And he's made about a billion dollars, it looks like. He's a very wealthy man, and he's getting divorced from Lisa. But Lisa's upset and playing the field, and Lisa was at some party. Uh, I guess she was, what, I don't know, romancing two other guys. What does that mean, flirting? Who cares? But I can't kind of resist it. I mean, I guess it worked. It was clickbait, right? I clicked on it, although I didn't know who it was. And now that I have clicked on it, I had to click on a little bit more. Lisa Hotstein should be really, really embarrassed. Um, 
I'm sorry. Uh, look, in some ways she's beautiful, but in other ways it's a little bit, um, well, I want to be nice here. It's a little overdone. Let me just put it that way. Okay. It's obvious that her husband is a plastic surgeon. All right. That's, that's, that's that. And she is, uh, she gives a tour of her home, right? Which is the most ostentatious over the top, uh, mansion you've, you've ever seen. And it's one thing. It's good to have a nice home. That's great. Um, but it is it is very gaudy, but the the really wild part, Rich. If you can skip ahead to when she goes inside her closet, now who remembers Imelda Marcos, right? Remember we used to make fun of Imelda Marcos because of uh, all of her shoes and all the stuff she had. Imelda Marcos, the what was she? The first lady of the Philippines, right? And she became like a global figure of ridicule because she had so many pairs of shoes. It was a joke. It was you don't do that. There, there was still some modesty. Modesty was considered a virtue, and now we have this incredibly vain woman. I'm sorry, but when you look like that, when you present yourself like that, and of course she's married to the you know what doctor, and they're out to here, and she, there's button down. I don't know. Very distasteful. And uh, let me hear a little bit of this: the grand tour of her house and her closet. everyone, it's Lisa Hochstein, your favorite housewife of Miami. Let's go for a tour. Oh, stop, yeah. So she's a favorite housewife, a famous housewife, the desperate housewife, the Bravo TV show. Okay, keep going. This is our foyer, and we love to make a grand entrance, as you can see, with this gorgeous, custom-made, cascading chandelier. Yeah, it's the size of a movie theater. It took about three weeks to install, but it was worth it. I have lived here six years. We built this house from the ground up. Everything is custom made to our exact tastes. They don't have much. In the, they don't have much in the way of taste, by the way. But keep a going. Guest house above the garages. We have a guest house and a gym in the back, and of course the main house, which is about twenty thousand square feet. All right, I'll say her breasts are falling out of her dress. It's too much. But it's a lot. The best part about this house is that I have a lot of space. If I want my privacy, I can do that. <laughs> this is our great room. We have a fireplace. Yeah, it's a it's the no size of a of a football stadium. It's ludicrous. Stop, stop, stop. It's just remember we had that show Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous with Robin Leach. And they were genuinely like they would go to Frank Sinatra's house or um, who was the other guy? Liberace or something like that. You know, some over the top superstar. It totally makes sense. This is the wife of somebody. This is somebody's, you know, that's her claim to fame. She's married to a doctor and she got on the Bravo. Oh, gosh, I don't know. This is ripping us apart, people. This is we're in trouble. I mean, this is the most popular program, apparently, on cable TV. It even does better than my show. Can you believe that? Uh, maybe I'm doing something wrong. I don't know. Uh, has she gotten to her closet yet? Lenny thinks that this is the most ridiculous thing in the house. Lenny is right. understand why I have a huge painting of myself yeah. in the house. But it's my house. Who else should it be? Stop, stop, stop. Right, right, right. Do we reward this stuff? Yes, we do, apparently. Yes, we do. <laughs> Lenny, I'm with you on this one. Maybe I'm... It's her, not you. Go ahead. These chairs are very large. 
I feel like a very small person in these chairs. It's like an Alice in Wonderland chair. When we designed this dining room, I wanted to embody old Hollywood glam. And I think we did a pretty good job. This is one of my favorite pieces. This is a Josh Mayhem. I can't, I can, you know what, so I'm at a disadvantage here. Stop. I can only hear it. I can't, I saw it this morning. Now I can only hear it. I feel like I'm missing out. All right. She's about to get to her closet, which, oh, by the way, has like automatic hangers that drop down. Almost like, um, it's like a very advanced dry cleaning place. You know, when they have those automatic things that go around? It's kind of like that. Keep going. Let me offer you a drink. Lenny is a wine guy. He loves his red wine, and I love whites. So this is his section, and this is mine. All right. Here Welcome the- to my closet. This is the most amazing closet ever. So I really wanted to maximize the space uh, in stop. the closet. All right. so, so it's very big. It is very big, and it's got about 2,000 pairs of shoes. Which should make her a laughing stop and, and, and laughing stock. Instead, it makes her what the object of envy. There's a little bit more. I think she says one uh, one silly thing. Keep going. One more silly thing. So this is the idea I came up with. Ta-da! Yeah, huh? the hanger comes huh? down. There's a motorized hanger. Shopping addiction. I'm not gonna lie. You know, I've never counted how many shoes and handbags I have, but there's a lot. At this least 2,000. I keep all of my Chanel, my Hermes. It's almost like my own art collection. A lot of dopey purses. A lot of dopey purses. Stop, stop, stop. Chanel, you know what? All you're going to have left are these silly handbags. You'd be surprised what women will do for a freaking Chanel bag. I can't even tell the difference. Men do not care. I guess it's a one-upsmanship among the women, certain types of women, not all women. All right, so here's the article. Lenny Hotstein claimed that his estranged wife, Lisa, invited two men she was romancing to their Halloween party in October. Why are we hearing about this just now, Lenny? I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. Here we go. Here's my answer. In court documents obtained exclusively by page six, Lenny claimed not only did Lisa invite over 100 guests of her own choosing to the party, Lisa also invited at least two male guests who Lisa has been romantically involved with during the pendency of this dissolution proceeding, if not earlier. Uh, Well, you are separated, right? The self-proclaimed, I hate this word, boob god, 56, also shut down Lisa's accusation that she spent $100,000 on the spooky soiree but couldn't provide support for her and their children. Based on what I just saw... I think Lenny is definitely on to something. Lenny maintains that Lisa not only attended the Halloween party, which he hosted at the party's former marital home on Saturday evening, October 29, 2022, but Lisa also hosted the annual party and invited over 100 guests. The following continued. Lenny spent approximately $540,000 to host the party and not the sum of $100,000 as falsely alleged by Lisa. Isn't this sad? Kind of, right? Is this? Oh, boy. Um who are these people? Well, I, yeah, they're the stars of that the Real Housewife. I think we should bring up um, who's the guy who runs that Bravo thing? What's his name again? Um, Andy Cohen. We got to bring him up on charges. We got to find something. We got to get that guy on something. And uh, no, actually, Andy Cohen is a very bright guy, and he 
he understands news, and he actually interned. I think he, he was a producer for Dan Rather for a time. But now he's gone full in, I don't want to call it woke. It's uh, decadence, full-on decadence. Am I too hard on these people? Um, Joel, how are you? What's going on? Hello, Lieutenant Colonel. Great honor to speak with you. How are you? Terrific. Thank you. Uh, okay. Um, I don't mean to change the subject because it's a fascinating topic. But yeah, sure, right. Uh, hey, where are, you wanna... call, where are you calling from, by the way? I am calling from the Sea of Galilee, and I want to wish you and all your listeners a meaningful Advent. Um, you're seriously? And, you're, uh, you're, in, you're in Israel right now? I am in Israel right now, and I'm a frequent uh, uh, caller to the Mayor Giuliani show, so uh, he's aware of the story I'm about to share, and some of the listeners are also aware of it. Okay, great. A rerun. Great, inter- <laughs> great, great interview with him last night on, on Newsmax about the cover-up and the deep state and all that. Um. Lieutenant Colonel, in 2019, I put a filing on Hunter Biden's docket while the laptop was in the hands of the FBI. Um, That's on his docket in Arkansas in his baby mama case. Um, That filing contains another crime that I had been tracking for 11 years called the China Hustle, which uh, probably is bigger than the FTX debacle. It's It's a $200 billion stock fraud that's put billions of dollars into the pockets of Chinese uh, CEOs connected to the Chinese Communist Party. In fact, sir, um, my story is so prominent that on every phone and computer on planet Earth, if anyone Googles Joe Biden China hustle or Hunter Biden China hustle, half the articles uh, have my name in it because of that court filing. All right, fine. Let me ask you this. All right, all right. Thanks. You you call. I mean, all right, Uh, Joel. uh, First of all, or and then lastly. I mean, who the hell are you, quite frankly? Who are you? I appreciate the respect and the kind words, but, I mean, who are you to be filing these things? I mean, you know, people do that as a hobby. How do you know this stuff? Who are you? No problem. I was defrauded in something called the China Hustle 11 years ago, and I spent the last 11 years trying to expose it because, you know, now they want to get their claws into the pockets of our military men and women. And I basically just won court judgments that turned out to be meaningless and three years ago, when President Trump announced that Hunter was making tens of millions, right. and my court judgment from three three court judgments were pretty much worthless. Who did you sue? I made a con- who did who did you sue? Well, in the, the filing I did on Hunter Biden's document. No, 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 no. Before that, before and initially, that. yes, yes, yes. I saw I sued um, along with thousands of other Americans. We sued the Chinese uh, CEOs that had signed signatures onto fabricated accounting, and in all those cases, we won. Um, there's actually a movie about it called China Hustle. All right, dude, uh, look, it's all very we, impressive and very confusing. Um, <laughs> I mean, all right, <laughs> the China the Hustle. We'll, we'll Google it and we'll read. Uh, final thoughts, Joel? Uh, we have to pursue justice. The truth shall set us free. And thank you very much for everything you do to help the truth to be set free. Thank all you. All right, Joel, thank you very much. All the way from Israel. Wow. Thank you, buddy. Uh, yeah. It's uh, the See ya. It's it is convoluted though. It is it is, and I guess that's the way they want it to be. Um, that's the way they want it to be. All right. Hey, uh, we have a tub of licorice. We have an entire tub of licorice, a five pound tub of licorice, in the cafeteria. Uh, I have to check it out. I'll be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. 
The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow. I mean, does does Gay Pride have an anthem? Do they have a song? I guess it's it's raining men. I heard that is that the is that the song of the gay pride movement? Uh, because pretty soon it's going to be the national anthem. Uh, I'm looking at a picture here of the White House. The White House bathed in rainbow colors, all in honor of uh, gay pride. Uh, you know, I, I passed a church, uh, Park Avenue Church, um, Park Avenue in the 60s, I think. Uh, great big gay pride, this, that, all over the place. Signage, just want to make sure everybody feels welcome. <laughs> um, that has nothing to do with who you are, in my opinion. It's it's not about that. We're ruining the entire message of Christianity when you say it's about it's about you, not about that. There are all kinds of things that uh I don't know. I I, I just I don't know. I don't know. I mean now, people, I like straight pornography. Should I? Should should we have that playing in the front pew? I mean, should that be? Should we have the Pornhub emblem outside the church? That's something people struggle with and want to avoid and want to. I don't know. I just uh, we had a drag queen perform at the White House, and the thing about these drag queens is they suck at dancing, with very few exceptions. Some exceptions, some important exceptions, but most of them just kind of mope around and like they dance bad on purpose. Uh, let's see what else about that. Uh they dance bad. The one cross dresser I've seen who's good is RuPaul. RuPaul can really sing and has got a great uh some great dance albums and a great outlook on life. But the rest of it, you know, and the fixation on children and the one who danced at the White House apparently also danced for a 2-year-old kid. Um I don't know. Are we is that the most important thing about me? The fact that I am heterosexual. Is that the is that the be all and the end all? Is that everything is about that? If you're gay, is everything about that? Because if I ever talk to you, whether you're gay, straight, hetero, hermaphrodite, pansexual, whatever the hell it is, I'm not interested. I'm interested in talking about that real housewife chick and her shoe collection. I'm interested in talking about corruption in the FBI. I'm interested. I mean, there's a whole world out there. We're going to talk about those things. I don't know. I don't find I just. And somehow, if you are that way, you're better. You're somehow elevated. You have greater status. You know, they're learning the hard way that people are people. And you can be white, heterosexual, Christian, this, that and the other thing and still be a bad guy. There's always salvation, but you can still be Stealing at the job and, you know, who knows what else you might be up to. Or you you could be a great person in every respect and be um, a transgender, whatever. It does not matter. And they're learning right now. Actually, it kind of does matter. Because if you're all about being an individual to the point that it's like, look at me, 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 I'm special. You probably shouldn't be working for government. You probably shouldn't be on a team. Go do you. 
But you can't do uh, the Department of Energy stuff because it's important. We all rely on it. I'm not saying you can't be transgender and work at the Department of Energy. I'm saying you can be transgender, but just don't make a big deal about it. I'm also saying you can be heterosexual, but just don't make a big deal about it. Remember Austin Powers? Remember that guy with the big chain and the unbuttoned shirt and the hairy chest, right? That's like the the ultimate heterosexual male. It's ridiculous. You can't have that guy around. Just like you can't have uh, Sam Brinton around with the dress and the mustache and the fabulous and with the penchant for stealing people's luggage. (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, Wrapping this up. Oh, one other thing here. Uh, Back to how people are just people. Here's this Elvis Chan FBI agent who is liaising with big tech for, I think, sinister purposes, talking about what a how superior morally the FBI is and FBI agents are, which is not true. They're just people. But listen to this is a special agent in the FBI bragging about how better, how much better they are than you and me. Cut 38. The other thing that I really notice is the, the integrity of the people that, that I work with. Right. So in. Private sector, you know, like pe- people are for, you know, the most part trustworthy. But I know that if I like left my wallet with, you know, $100 sitting on my, my table, no one in the bureau would ever touch it. You would never even think about anyone stealing your stuff or lying about you or, or doing any of that. And and I can't always say that about the private sector. Hmm. Well, there are FBI agents in jail right now for killing people. Okay. So uh, don't be too confident there, all right? People are people. Elvis Chan, right? They're always they're always bragging. Everybody in the deep state always bragging about how important they are, how selfless they are. The men and women of the FBI, the men and women of the Justice Department, the men and women of the State Department, the men. Yeah, no, you're just men and women, and you're unelected men and women. You work for us, so can the attitude, all right? <sighs> all right. Uh, what's our plan here? Uh, I'm going to take a, another gander. Oh, all right. Do me a favor. Can we throw out the licorice? Why do we have a five pound tub of licorice? That makes no sense to anybody. Uh, it's a problem. It's a problem. Oh, and one more thing. I want to say, Ben Carson, you are an American hero. They just renamed a school in Detroit, Michigan. They don't want to name it for Ben Carson anymore. The brain surgeon slash HUD secretary to Trump. Listen to this guy. Listen to him speak. He's awesome. Cut uh, cut uh, 35. I stopped listening to all the people around the naysayers who said you couldn't make it in this society because society is racist and it's stacked against you. Let me tell you a secret. The thing, the people who you have to worry about are the ones who try to tell you that you're a victim. And that you can't make it in a society and that somebody else is holding you down. Remember, we are made in the image of God. God has given us everything we need to succeed no matter where you are. Love it, Ben Carson. 
Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, this is uh, this could be interesting. Uh, Donald Trump just put something out on Truth Social. It's uh, it's pretty quick. It just dropped a little while ago. He's going to say something big tomorrow. But this is one hell of a tease. Uh, l- listen to this. America needs a superhero. And that's it. It shows Trump in the middle, in the beginning part. He's wearing a suit. And he says, America needs a superhero. And then it, it kind of explodes. And then there's a cartoon version of Trump. And he opens his shirt. And it's got a big Superman on it. Pretty cool. Pretty funny. Pretty uh, pretty effective. Uh, now, what's going to happen? It's an, an announcement tomorrow. Do we know what could that be? He's already running for president. What could it be? Now, it has him in front of Trump Tower. Is he back in New York? Major announcement. Thursday, December 15th. <laughs> what could it be? His running mate? No. Hmm. 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 America needs a superhero. Hmm. I don't know, but I'm intrigued, aren't you? Hey, if he were still president, a lot of things would be going better right now, okay? Number one, the economy. <laughs> and number two, I think we'd be hiring normal people at the Central Intelligence Agency. By normal people, yeah, I say People who don't have anxiety disorder. I don't know what anxiety disorder is, but this person you're about to hear from walks around the CIA bragging about all the hang-ups she has. This is the problem with millennials these days, and this kind of uh, behavior is encouraged. She acts like she's a CIA director. She's 31 years old. And this is supposed to make people want to join the CIA? A certain type of person, maybe. This is recruitment material from the Central Intelligence Agency, Uh, Cut 33, please. Nothing about me was or is tragic. I am perfectly made. I can wax eloquent on complex legal issues in English while also belting Guayaquil de mis amores in Spanish. I can change a diaper with one hand and console a crying toddler with the other. I am a woman of color. I am a mom. I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. Wow. Good for you, I guess. I don't know what the... Why are you so proud of everything? You know, she's like, I am a woman. I am a mother. I can change a diaper. Like, all right, but do me a favor. Like, is that anything to brag about? You're a human being, basically. And then you're so caught up with yourself, you go into that anxiety disorder thing. I wouldn't bring that up in a job interview if you really want the job, especially if it's a job where we're paying for your... I I think we want cool-headed analysts at the CIA... Can I just hear the first part? Listen closely. If you take the attitude out, it's like she's just belting out and bragging about pretty ordinary, mundane things. Cut 33 again. Nothing about me was or is tragic. I am perfectly made. I can wax Stop. eloquent. On- I mean, I am perfectly made. 
I, I understand we're all perfect in the eyes of God, or I mean, but just to walk into a room and say, I am perfectly made, doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right. Might even be true. Okay? You're, 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 you're perfect. You're, you're wonderful. But I don't think you go around saying it like that, especially in a recruitment ad for the Central Intelligence Agency. All right, what else can she do? Complex legal issues in English while also belting Guayaquil de mis amores in Spanish. Stop. She can sing in Spanish and she can talk in English. Well, so can I. La Vida Loca. Remember that song? What next? I can change a diaper with one hand and console a crying toddler with the other. I'm a woman of color. I am a mom. I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. Oh, brother. Gosh. I mean, what attitude? You got attitude, sister. That's what you got. Attitude. And by the way, this cisgender thing, you know what cisgender is? At first, I didn't know what it was. It sounds weird, right? Cisgender means you're not you're not abnormal in terms of your sexuality. It means you're, you were born biologically a woman and you identify as a woman. They had to give it a funky name like cisgender. I don't think that's necessary. All right. Anyway, you remember the um, Paul Pelosi situation? You think we have the uh, entire story? Uh, We certainly do not. All right. We certainly do not. And guess who we're hearing from? The son of Paul DePape. Paul DePape is the suspect, right? The guy who went in there and and, uh, hit Paul Pelosi in the head with a hammer. And he's a right-wing wacko, right? Just ask the mainstream media. Well, the son of David DePape is saying something very different, very, very different. And we have it from the Daily Mail. Exclusive. Ready? For all we know, he was some sort of sex slave. Son of Paul Pelosi's alleged attacker, David DePape, breaks his silence, saying his father is not an evil person, believes in human rights, and is hardly a right-wing conservative. How about that? The man accused of breaking into House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's home and battering her elderly husband with a hammer has suffered a traumatic life full of abuse, his son has told TheDailyMail.com. There is almost no person on this planet that has gone through so much suffering, according to, uh, what the hell is his name? Nabob Zvad Gonzalez. N-E-B-O-S, Nabazvad, Nabazvad, Nabazvad. I'm just going to call him Nabi, all right, Nabi. If you look into his eyes, you can see he's such a sad person. No disrespect, pal, but I got, I can't, I can't handle that name. He isn't a danger to society. I don't even know if he attacked Mr. Pelosi. For all we know, he was some sort of sex slave, as Elon Musk pointed out. Look. You're not the only one who's wondered about what was going down between the between Paul and David. Uh, there's indications there that, well, let's continue with the story. Uh, DePape, 42, is due in San Francisco court today, Wednesday, for an arraignment on state charges, including attempted murder, first-degree residential burglary, elder abuse, assault with a deadly weapon, and threatening family members of public officials in connection with the October 28th attack on Paul Pelosi, 82 years old. He has been charged in federal court. Uh, let's see here. On the eve of the state hearing, his older son came to his defense. 
He often told us he was raised in an abusive home and would be physically abused by his grandparents, according to Nobby, who's 19 years old. He said that the Pape, 42, told him and his brother Daniel, now 17, that his parents had pawned him off to his grandparents who were physically abusive. Instead of staying around the house taking abuse, the Pape would go to the ocean to swim until the day was over. Okay, this is all all well and good about the dad, uh, biographical stuff, parent, grandparents were mean to him. Uh, David DePape, the accused assaulter, was bullied in school. Okay, not germane. Uh, throughout his life, he found difficulty making friends. Okay, he is a loner. Okay. Uh, Nobby said that when he first heard that his father had been arrested for the attack on Pelosi, he was in shock. That's not the type of person he is. I'm surprised about the whole thing. There is still a lot of info that hasn't been given to the public. I have no clue what happened or how it happened. There are more questions than answers right now. Do we even know what really happened? Fantastic point, Nobby DePape. Nobby and his brother live in a rundown home in Berkeley, California, with their older sister. Uh, all three use the last name Gonzalez. All right. The mother had a thing with a family in Mexico, not related, and just loved the family so much that he named she named all the kids Gonzalez. All right. Nobby Gonzalez said that when they were younger, his father took them to the park or beach, and he has fond memories of his upbringing with DePape. He tried to be the best father he could be. He tried his best to make us happy. He said he tried to set up a jailhouse visit with his father, but so far has not been successful. That's interesting, actually. Uh, I have, because we have not seen him in public. All we have is a court sketch from him. I would be, I'm not surprised at all that I have a feeling that might be something sinister there. Are they, are they keeping away from his relatives on purpose? He also debunked the idea that the attack was politically motivated. My father had a lot of political views and told me a lot of different things, but he didn't subscribe to either political party, Democrat or Republican. DePape said the two parties are just covers and colors, his son said. What matters are the policies of each individual person. Each individual person is unique, and it isn't about right or left. That's just a distraction. Uh, Gonzalez Nabi said he believed his father was a member of the Green Party. My father had progressive views. He believed in human rights, equality, justice. He was against the war. He was a peace activist, hardly a right-wing conservative, and he has been, as he has been branded. Gonzalez said he'd been, uh, let's see here, Gonzalez said it's been several years since he's seen DePape. One day my father got into a fight with my mother. She kicked him out, and then we lost contact with him. This is tough. This is the reality for some people. You know what I mean? This is tough. This is tough. And, um... You know, imagine you got to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. Uh, told you about that hitman on. Well, let me get back to the story here. He described the pape as the fun parent, but admitted he contributed very little financially. The only job he has had for as long as his son can remember is making bracelets, which provided little or no money for his family. Instead, he left the job as the breadwinner of the family to their mother, Taub who is currently locked up at the California Institution for Women in Chino, California. What the hell did she do for the attempted abduction of a 14-year-old boy? She will be eligible for parole next month. I didn't know anything about that. Shortly after Pelosi was attacked, Taub, 53, told ABC 30 that her former partner was mentally ill. She said he disappeared for a year in the mid-2010s. 
Uh, he came back in very bad shape. He thought he was Jesus. He was constantly paranoid, thinking people were after him, she said. And it took a good year or two to get back to, you know, being halfway normal. When I met him, he was only 20 years old, and he didn't have any experience in politics. And he was very much in alignment with my views, and I've always been very progressive. I absolutely admire Nancy Pelosi, she said. Gonzalez, Nabi, her son, says he understands why people dislike his father, but says that DePape is his father. Wait, but says that as DePape is his father, he'll support him during the difficult time. We all deserve to know what happened, especially in such a high-profile case. You're damn right, Mr. Gonzalez. Whatever happens in the future happens, but no matter what, he is still my father. Gonzalez said he feels bad for Paul Pelosi, but we don't know what happened. I don't know whether or not my father did what he's been accused of. So far, what we know doesn't make any sense. He hopes the public will have compassion for his father, adding, I really love my dad and don't want him to suffer anymore. Well, what a beautiful young man. What a beautiful young man. And it's amazing. And all of this madness and hysteria and, uh, you know, suspending reporters and being prohibited from even talking about the story and, Oh, watch out on social media if you have a theory or this kid breaks through all the noise. This kid right here. And I'm sorry I made fun of your name, um, Mr. Gonzalez. What a, what a, what a, what a, he's standing up for his dad. I just like it. I just, I just, I just really like it. Uh, Don in Amityville, do you like it? What do you think? Hey, Greg. Uh, yeah, I have a quick scenario thesis on it. Basically, he got the DWI, the second one or the first one. He had to probably go to uh, AA or NA, mandated uh, there. He probably met, maybe met these guys that go there for food. Um, you know, a lot of times they go to the AA meetings, the NA meetings to get food. Maybe he met a couple of young guys there. What happens is a lot of times they take each other out and they, I don't know if he's smoking feed or crack or whatever he's doing with these kids. But what I get is that somebody opened the door. They usually travel in twos. The little, I hate to say crackheads. Wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. Who, who's, who travels in twos? The Pape. The Pape and his little friend. They're probably at Pelosi's house. Uh, how do somebody you know what, what little friend? We have no other. Uh, all right, all right. Now you say, wait right. a second. No, wait, wait. You say that they probably met at an AA meeting, and uh, Pelosi goes to AA because he's addicted. We know he has an alcohol problem. And some of these other guys are kind of like they go for the the benefits, the food, and making friends. And they and then he figured he he could he could latch on to him, or maybe he was getting him some drugs. He brought him some drugs. Hey, by the way, this he is brought, totally this is totally plausible to me. So keep going. Okay, he brought him some drugs, um, and maybe there was another cat, little kid there. Maybe it was just him. I don't know. But somebody, some Pelosi let him in, or the other guy let him in, or whatever. The little girl he was with, whoever it was, let him in. That's why the cops weren't so alarmed when they got there. So then all of a sudden the guy's pissed off because why did you call the cops? And he bangs him on the head. Now that is part of it. The other side is the hole in the, in the, in the glass window. That had to be done after the fact because there was no alarm that went off. The alarm had to have been turned off. And if, if you're telling me that house had no alarm system in it, I could tell you the Brooklyn Bridge. Dude. I, I, I look. I think you're right. I think you may be right. I, we don't know. I think what you just said is very plausible. It really is. It really is. And the cops have been so circumspect. They've been so guarded here, and so weird. 
Don, I think you're great. Thank you very much. Uh, oh, I'm up against a break. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, this is me. This is me. And this is the fake news going overboard. Remember, let me give you the exact words. Donald Trump from Mueller. Bob Mueller, who hates him so bad, right? The investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. Members of the Trump campaign did not coordinate or collude with the Russian government. There was no conspiracy. Took him two and a half years. The thing about Mueller is he knew that eight months in. And he let it stretch. And that big report that they wrote, documenting all of the Russian interference, uh, that's disinformation. That was disinformation. You know how much the Russians spent in 2014, 2015, 2016 trying to influence the election? $160,000. $160,000. You know how many uh, views that Russia was able to garner on Twitter? All the content they were putting out or amplifying uh, other content they thought was divisive. How many views? 1.9 million views. Wow. 1.9 million views. So I put out one tweet, one joke tweet about a trip to McDonald's where I got angry because they don't have McFish sandwiches anymore. That got 6 million views. 6 million. I roll out of bed, feel like playing a game. Tell a tell a partly true story about a trip to McDonald's just for the hell of it. Six million views. I guess I could sway the election if I wanted to. If I put some right, right? Gosh, they were just lying at left and right. And then they breathlessly reported what Mueller was leaking. Remember all the leaks? Where is that stuff? Oh, wait. All right. I'll play it when we come back. It's really, really wild. And it's it should anger you, you now. But there's a there's a silver lining to all this. Give me a moment. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Joe and Mika are off today and this week. Why, you ask? They had a very busy weekend. Joe and Mika got married. It was a small, yeah, give them a round of applause. The MSNBC host tied the knot. Congratulations. Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski have finally made it official. It was very American, though, in front of the Constitution. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Congratulations to them. Oh, isn't that cute, huh? Isn't that cute? They were cheating on their spouses for uh, five years, uh, met at work. Uh, everybody knew it, but isn't that cute? Look, I'm not. I'm actually really not judging. That's between them and God and the spouses and 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 human beings fall and fail. And that's. But I am pointing out the incredible difference, the hypocritical difference. They treat Joe and Mika as the cutest little couple that ever met at work and left their spouses, whereas T.J. Holmes and Amy Rohrbach again. I think they're both going to get fired, and they may be deported. I think they may be on uh, wanted on charges at the Hague for war crimes. The way they're treating these people, all right? We get it. I've, no one's ever even seen that show, GMA Three. Is it even a television show? Do we know? GMA Three. I don't. <laughs> I just. 
at first I felt I shook my head and then and then they were cocky about it. I didn't like that. And now I feel like I I just I I had to say something finally. I just I feel like it's totally over the top. And yet and I wanted to say, was it pre Me Too? Is it because it's post Me Too? Joe and Mika actually finally got married in twenty eighteen. I think they met in like two thousand six. And um well, there was a lot of overlap. Okay, a lot of uh, a lot of overlap. So there's that. Uh, what else? Oh, this is that montage I wanted to play for you about the the fake news totally freaking out. Just remember what they did over a great big fat hoax, the Russia hoax. Cut twenty seven. Breaking news in the Russia investigation dominates the program tonight and reaches directly into the president's inner circle. We are covering the breaking news that Bob Mueller, the special counsel investigating ties between Donald Trump's campaign and Russia. We've got breaking news on MSNBC, the first indictment in the Robert Mueller investigation. We have breaking news about special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation into possible Russian meddling in the 2016 election. Let's begin with the breaking news on the Russia investigation. Much more on our breaking news of federal grand approving the first charges in the Mueller investigation. Wow, huh? That's, uh, <laughs> oh, what the hell is this? Uh, uh, um, oh, gosh, I hate it. I shouldn't look at my email while I'm at work. I just got some bad news. It has nothing to do with the show. Damn it. All right. I almost attempted to get on the get on the phone, go to break and get on the phone. Instead, I'll go to you, Chris, in Monroe uh, while I deal with this. What's up? Hey, what's up there, Nitz? <laughs> I, I, I'm curious. That uh, you gave that guy the, uh, the nickname Nobby. Was that from uh, Bobby Nobby? Yes, of course. Yeah. What's up there, Bozo? Hey there, Nick. <laughs> All yeah. right, yes, I'm a big Jerky Boy fan. Uh, one, two, three, four. You name it. Uh, what else? Uh, Johnny Brennan and Kamal. I consider them both friends. Unfortunately, those guys don't talk to each other, which I find very sad. But uh, it is what it is. Anyway, Chris, what's up? No, I live up in Orange County. I think they were from up here, in fact. Uh, yeah, uh, Johnny, I believe, lives in Cornwall. Yeah, 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 very close by. But anyway, uh, aside from that, I love your show and everything else. But, of course, a lot of times you step on the uh, the callers. And, yeah, that's well, my right. That's my, uh, I'm doing it right now. That's what I do, all right? You don't like it? Oh, holy Jesus. What do you want? This is how I come off. I'm a New Yorker. What do you want to do? String me up from a tree? Not ni- that's not nice at all, the way you're talking. You call in embarrassing uh, me in front of management, giving me a hard time like that. What are you? What are you? What are you all right, listen, i got to let you go now. Maybe you got to finish your meal. I don't want to keep you from your lunch. All right? All right. All right, Later. Chris, thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. He knows that was all jerky boy talk. What is, what, 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 what? I can't stand it, actually. It's not that they complain. I can take the complaints. I can take the words. I can take the awful words. It's the protocol of it all. It's the lack of tact. It's quite frankly not the audience. It's the bosses. It's the management. That's the. That's what I don't like. I don't like it. I would never call up your place of business and chew you out in front of your boss. All right? That's the key difference here. Um, ooh, remember this also. America is no angel when it comes to election interference. We've done it 81 times since 1946. At least 81 times we have screwed with other countries' elections. Um, that's a lot, don't you think? Every country does it. It's at, it's at the margins. It's kind of, it's not the biggest deal in the world. It's not, it's just done. It's low grade. And 
Oh, gosh, this has got me all furious. I got to go. I'll be right back. I got this email. I got to deal with it. It has nothing to do with you guys. Uh, Give me a moment. Bye-bye. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The holidays are here. Time to help make a difference. Holiday season. Uh, Red Apple Audio Network is teaming with the Tunnel to Towers Foundation for our annual holiday radiothon. Radiothon or radiothon? I like to call radiothon. Tomorrow at 6 in the morning till noon, help us raise money for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Season of Hope. All the money raised will bring hope to America's military and first responder heroes and their families this holiday season. Uh, You do not have to wait till tomorrow. You can go and donate $11 a month, which I really ought to do. I haven't actually done that yet. Um, Right now you can go to t2t.gregkellyshow.com, t2t.gregkellyshow.com. Happy holidays and thank you from the... Red Apple Audio Network and Tunnel to Towers uh, Foundation. Go to t2t.gregkellyshow.com. Can't stand it sometimes, you know? It's just so hard. You know what's the hardest damn thing in the world? Office politics. I hate them. Oh, you think it has to do with doing a good job? It's the last... <laughs> I'm, not t- I'm not naming names. and I'm not even saying what office... But boy, oh boy, office politics. Every office in the world, wait, hold on. Every office in the world has them, all right? It's just a fact of life. You got to deal with it. And um, it is what it is. I uh, have not been particularly, I've never been particularly good at office politics. Um, Some people specialize in office politics. Oh, boy. Often because they're not good at anything else, so they have to play that game. But that's fine. I mean, uh, look, we all have, we're all here for a reason. Office politics is, uh, hey, I'm glad we have office politics. If you didn't have office politics, that means you don't have an office. That means you're not working. So it's, uh, you got to, the the, the bitter with the sweet, right? Isn't that what you got to do? Tell me that's what you got to do. I I really hope that's what you got to do. And if I hear one more people, one more person send me Eric Adams' stupid op-ed from the Washington Post. Gee, Eric Adams is making a lot of good points. Shut up. Somebody wrote it for him. He has no idea. He has a big job. He should be focusing on that instead of trying to get attention in the Washington Post. He writes a stupid op-ed in the Washington Post, obviously written by somebody else because the guy can't write. He can barely talk. The only thing you can do is dress, and he's not even good at that, by the way. It's over the top. It is so uh, overdone. Too much, Eric, too much. So he writes that uh, the Democrat Party is focusing too much on culture issues and should be working on bread and butter issues for for the people. This from the same guy who uh, third day in office said, uh, yeah, we need the – the cross-dressers, we need them in the schools. We need the story time for kids because that will, how do they put it? Oh, that's going to help children with their emotional intelligence, man. And emotional intelligence, Eric knows about emotional intelligence. That's really going to work for emotional intelligence. Have drag queens come into the schools and read to the kids. It's debacle after debacle with this guy. Crime is going crazy. Hey, you want to focus on mom-and-pop bread-and-butter issues? Fix the crime problem. Here's the problem, though. He can't. He doesn't know how. So every now and then, he puts out something like this. Oh, uh, let's talk to the working men and women. Oh, let's get the uh, the maniacs off the street. He has no follow-through. 
He doesn't know how. All he knows how. And the media, they don't pay attention to Eric Adams on a day-to-day basis. They don't know just how bad he is at the job. And he is terrible. Administratively, politically, he may just get by with that big smile, the silly suits, and yes, most of all, being black. That is his number one asset. And for me, running for mayor, being white will be my number one liability. It's true. It's just the way things are. I don't like it. I have a feeling he loves it. I wish it was more like what Martin Luther King was talking about a long time ago. Content of the character, right? Not the color of the skin. You know that the woke left, they hate that. If you ever want to really annoy them, go ahead and quote Martin Luther King. Mm. Uh, Martin Luther King, that's, uh, they don't, no, no, he's he's so not cool. He's so not with it. Uh, Brian in Cleveland, you've been on hold for a long time. Where do you work? Where do I work? I work in a uh, fabrication shop. Do you have uh, – It's I, I, oh, that sounds fantastic, actually. I bet you have very few – you have no office politics in the in the fabrication shop, do you? No, none. It's great. How many people work there? Uh, two. So, okay. Well, that's, <laughs> just the two of you guys. You never play games? You never play head games with each other? No, no, not really. We uh, agree on a lot of stuff, so that makes it easy. Does it ever get – Competitive, you know, who's better at fabricating? No, no. We just work on getting uh, getting the job done that we have to get done. You know what? That sounds like a dream. That sounds like a dream job right now. Good for you, Brian. All right, what's on your mind? Um, well, now that we know the FBI has had their finger on the scale of issues that can affect elections, what about other things like, um, oh, Dr. Peter McCullough getting banned and people that had other information not related to an election but big things like COVID out there. Yeah, uh, the FBI, by the way, had a lot to say about other issues as well. We don't know the full extent of it, uh, but COVID, uh, they even, uh, what was the other issue that I found fascinating? Uh, The Hunter Biden laptop. Oh, there was something else that they had something to say about where they had no business going. I can't think. What were some of the other hot-button issues that they didn't want anyone talking about? I think it was Joe Biden. There's video of Joe Biden lying about all the colleges he went to, but he didn't go to them. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Uh, They worked to keep that. They worked to bury that. Uh, The FBI. Yeah, the FBI. What the hell does the FBI know about COVID, by the way? They shouldn't know anything about it. Well, it's it's not their job to know anything about it. Stay the hell out of it, as Richard Nixon once said. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Thanks, Brian. Thanks very much. I got to uh, Hey, real quick. Uh, what do you fabricate? Uh, plastic tanks, uh, chemical plating tanks, uh, storage tanks, things like that. Um, gosh, you, industry. It's so like kind of uh, singular and unique. How did you fall into that? Um, that's exactly what happened. I fell into it. Uh, I knew somebody that knew somebody. And next thing you know, 20 years later, here I am. Um, do you mold the plastic? Do you pour it? Is it hot? How does it work? No, it's, it's in solid sheet form, like sheets of plywood or sheets of metal. And you cut it up and you weld it into the shape. That's pretty cool. Um, do the fumes bother you? Are there bad fumes? No, no, there's nothing really too horribly associated with it. It's very clean. That's why I like it. It's a very clean, clean operation. And you can see what you did at the end of the day, right? Yes. 
That's uh, that's 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 great. That's great. Good for you, Brian. Keep in touch. I thank you for that, and I'll be right back. Oh, all right, good. No, we didn't have to take that break. Oh, wonderful, 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 wonderful. Uh, so where were we? Oh, um, Eric Adams. I already went through that. Yeah, bad guy. Shouldn't be writing those uh, op-eds. Uh, maybe we'll just throw away the uh, the news for a moment and come back to the Christmas uh, matter. Because a lot of folks out there don't have the Christmas spirit. They're not feeling it. I have to, a video. Somebody asked me. Uh, i got to do a 30-second commercial you know, for a little promo spot, how I feel about Christmas, what it means to me. And I know what they want me to say. You know what I mean? They're just like, oh, Christmas, have Merry Christmas, everybody. And it's a great time for the family and getting together and remembering what's important. And it is all that. But uh, it's I, I'm glad they asked the question because all that stuff that is important, most of all, Christ, somehow could they could the world do this? Marginalize, marginalize the son of God. I mean, when when the YMCA, the Young Men's Christian Association, becomes the Y, we don't want to say that C because it could offend people or what? What could offend people? What could the message of peace, love, and happiness, how could it offend people? Well, we don't like what he said about this, that, and the other thing. Well, actually, do me a favor. Sit down and read it. Try that. And you just might be moved. It's the way to have a conversation, a relationship with God. If I told you the CEO of the company was obsessed with you, wanted you to wanted to promote you, wanted to have lunch with you, want knows everything about you and still loves you, you'd be like, really? Yes. And they want to promote me? Yes. The boss? Yes. The CEO? Well, not really. What do you mean? I'm talking about the boss of the CEO. You mean the chairman? No. <laughs> God. And uh, somehow that would be like, oh, you'd be a little bit crestfallen, actually, if we said it, if we put it that way. Right. You'd be kind of like, uh, I thought you were going to say, you know, Joe in accounting really liked me. No, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Just listen to Ben Carson. Oh, boy, this Ben Carson is amazing. Do you know they just removed his name from a school in Detroit? They just removed his name. It's no longer the Ben Carson school. It's the Joe Blow School. Why do they do that? Because Ben Carson was in the Trump administration. Because Ben Carson is conservative. Ben Carson has so much to offer, especially beleaguered, downtrodden neighborhoods in Detroit, where so many have been victimized with this culture of victimization, actually. You see, you're a victim. You can't do anything about it. You're a victim. Listen to Ben Carson here. By the way, he grew up. He was on the – he was uh, he was kind of going in the wrong direction there for a while, and then something big happened to him. Listen to this. Ben Carson. You know what I'm talking about, right? He ran for president. He's a brain surgeon, happens to be black, uh, and he was the – he ran for president, didn't work out, had a rivalry with Trump. At one point, it looked like he could beat Trump, but that didn't happen. Anyway, he was the Housing and Urban Development Secretary under Trump. And here he is, cut 34. I said, there's no way I'm going to realize my dream of becoming a doctor with this kind of temper. I said, Lord, you got to take it away from me. I can't do it myself. And there was a Bible in the bathroom, and I picked it up, opened it to the book of Proverbs, and there were all these verses about anger, like Proverbs 19.19 that says, there's no point getting an angry man out of trouble because he's just going to get right back into it. But there were encouraging verses like Proverbs 16.32, mightier is the man who can control his temper. 
than the man who can conquer a city. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that great? All those answers are in the Bible. And regarding victimization and all that stuff, listen to this. Cut 35. Cut 35, if you don't mind. The next one, right after 34. I stopped listening to all the people around, the naysayers, who said you couldn't make it in this society because society is racist and it's stacked against you. Let me tell you a secret. The thing, the people who you have to worry about are the ones who try to tell you that you're a victim and that you can't make it in a society and that somebody else is holding you down. Remember, we are made in the image of God. God has given us everything we need to succeed, no matter where you are. Wow. I thought the 1619 Project uh, kind of set people free, right? <laughs> I thought we have, we have all these excuses, all these excuses. You're saying we don't need them anymore. No one. Ben, I can see why the left does not like to hear from you. Ben Carson, amazing, absolutely amazing. All right, uh, let's see here. Uh, let's go to Ellie in Mineola. Hi. Hi, Greg. How's it going? Um, I just uh, ordered your signed book from Premier Collectibles. So now I'm going to have a shelf full of Greg Kelly books, <laughs> some signed and some not signed, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> Thank so I you. I need to think of a, a question to ask you, hopefully, during the live presentation. Is it a personal type of question, or is it like what we talk about here, like political questions? Oh, you mean uh, this, this uh, the, the, the virtual thing I'm doing for the yeah. book? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Whatever you what like, you whatever you like, know. whatever anything yeah. is fine, really. Whatever you want to no. uh, talk about, uh, personal is fine. I am, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, do you know when it is, by the way? Yeah, it's. Uh, I got it here in my receipt. It's Tuesday, January 10th at four o'clock. Oh wow, that's uh, that's launch day of the book. Well, Ellie, yeah. you're amazing, and thank you so much, and thank you for telling me my schedule. I'll know where I'll be. Thanks to you, uh, Tuesday. January tenth at four. Ellie, thank you so much, really, for those uh, for that. Okay. We'll be getting the book. Like uh, they said, you know, it gets mailed out that day, so you know, we'll be getting it right after that. Uh, that sounds good. You're so kind. Yeah, thank thing. you. Thank you. Enjoy. It. Stay in touch, and I'll talk to you then, if not before. Uh, Chris in the Catskills. Yes. Are you there? Good morning, Greg. Hey man. So you asked in the beginning of your show why uh, somebody would vote for Hochul. So I'm a Democrat. I voted for Hochul. I personally know Antonio Delgado. That's why I did it pretty much. So you like Antonio I, Delgado? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah that's he fine. I, I must say I was surprised. Was he – because he had his own house seat, and those are pretty uh, – I think that's more prestigious than being the lieutenant governor. Why did he take that job? Was he districted out or something? No, his his wife uh, is from my hometown, and his mother in law owns a liquor store in my town. He's a, he's a very smart man. No, I I, I'm imp- replace- I'm impressed by him. I'm just surprised. I thought he had more of a future in Washington than in Albany. But hey, I'm sorry, I'm out of time, everybody. To be continued, and many thanks. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.